Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of The Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good evening. Welcome. Um, it's always beautiful to worship in His presence. So, we have been on the series of studying the Bible to understand the call that God has upon our lives and why it is important for us. Okay, please tell Sandra them they should all come here. There is no overflow. Today, don't think about anything. Focus on what you are here to get. But I want to share with you what I consider one of the fundamental principles of life. And I think many people are violating these principles and that's why they are actually very unhappy. Right. So we started the study of realizing how God came to deliver a tribe and bring them from oppression into a land of freedom. And from what we were seeing, we saw on Sunday that every land that you have been given oftentimes requires that you uproot certain things that have been planted in the land. And so we know that there is a land inside of us as much as a land that we're called to take. In fact, we may not take the land outside if we don't take the land inside. And the land that is inside is the territory of our minds. So most of us have already been programmed with things before we got here. Wrong belief system, insecurities, inadequacies, everything that has been layered in your mind by your type of education, by the type of parental background you're from, by the culture. So if you're from Oba, some things have been programmed in your mind. But whatever has been programmed into your mind oftentimes will dial out what you have. I was telling my friend this morning because I was looking inside and I said, do you understand something about joy? You choose joy. And when you choose joy, what you don't understand is that joy has magnetic properties. And joy will attract into your life the reasons for joy. But some people are waiting for the reasons of joy to choose joy. They don't understand that you don't wait for the reason to be joyful. You realize that you're already giving joy in God and you begin from that place to express joy and joy will come. So we're still on the journey of a group of people leaving Israel into the promised land. Today I want us to pay attention at, I'm going to read basically two, verse, uh, two parts of the Bible. The first I would like us to read from Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And I don't know who has the mic. Somebody should hold the mic who has a voice as beautiful and as portable as mine. Isaac, you're holding the mic, but is your voice beautiful? Let's, let's assume that. So, so this is, let me give you the context before Isaac starts to read. The president just died at this point in time. The president was, had died. There was no leader in the land. So suddenly, Leadership fell on Joshua. The land was actually in crisis because they were in transition. And the president didn't have it easy with his people. There was a lot of murmuring, backbiting. So you saw your mentor, who is the president, suddenly die because people were not able to participate in what God is doing. The love of Egypt was stronger than the love of freedom. Because the unknown will always come with attention. God is calling you to something unknown, maybe to start a catering business. But everything around you will tell you you are not qualified to do this. Maybe God is calling you to bet something. So long as God is placing something in your spirit, everything will abort it if you're not careful. The known is always the comfort zone and not very many people know how to live there. In fact, many of us were raised by parents who dwelled in the comfort zone. They crunched the, the confines of the comfort zone. They never quite made a move. Our generation must break the comfort zone. Comfort zone must become a launching pad. The comfort zone is... You're giving the comforter because you were meant to have a journey that will expand you. The comforter was given because the journey oftentimes will require some measure of discomfort. So Christians should never feel angry when things don't look the way it's supposed to look because that is your school of growth. 
For us, we don't see temptation or crisis as anything to God is punishing us because we're not aligned. No, it's actually an opportunity for God to introduce us to ourselves. So if there was no Goliath, there probably there would be no crowning of David in the public. He had gotten his private victory, but he needed the Goliath in the field to lay hold on that which God had promised him. You understand? Some of us fled Goliath. We didn't even show up at the field. There was war. Some men just ended up not showing there. And, and honestly, Goliaths are given for conquest. They're not given to scare you out of your promise. You understand? But some people have fled Goliath. And I can tell you for a fact, Goliath has a loud voice. Is there a man in the house? Everybody goes silent. Shut up if you're a man in Israel. Lily-livered men, cowards, spineless. And the, the, the words of Goliath crippled Saul the king. The anointed Saul hid under the cave for months and all his armies with him. In fact, he was well kitted because at the time David came to take on the war, what Saul was giving him for battle, he would have asked Saul, but I get all this thing, no fight. But Saul decided everything was well armored because something had died in the man. Saul had lost something inside. Courage had departed from him. So everything we are seeing in Saul was a shadow of himself. Saul was a shadow at this point in time. Saul was a man that, you know, the crowning of Saul was a revolution. The first day people saw Saul, they said, this is the king indeed. They said, God has a thing for good eyes. So, that's what they said. Baba, God has good eyes. Saul stood head shoulder above everybody else. You know, he had gone, every time Saul went to war in the early days of his life, victory. So they said, King Saul. And then this man that was known for victory, his latter days suddenly started to dwindle or dim because something, the light had gone out before the light was going out. David showed up and had the field. Now what does, what does it, if you are in Joshua, what's playing out in your mind? A nation in crisis, going through a transition period. They had frustrated the king, the ministers and others had been plotting. The man went to the mountain for just a couple of days, came back to a party of idols. And at the end of the day, he just couldn't handle it. Moses out, Joshua is in. But I remember how we tried to interpret the Old Testament because in union, there is no separation. There is no them versus us. So who is Moses and who is Joshua? In union, every Bible, every part of the Bible is both you and you. So when the Bible is speaking of a Moses dying, it's speaking of something in you that dies for the new to be born. So the transition of Moses to Joshua is not necessarily that, okay, my papa don't die, not me. <laughs> you understand? You can't kill the fathers. Honor them. But he was talking about an old belief system that has to die for the Joshua to be born. And that journey of deconstructing the old to birth the new is not always convenient. So Joshua comes into the scene and God is reading him a speech. Now, let's take it off from where you are. Who is holding the mic? Oh yeah, honorable. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Verse 1. After the death of Moses. It's a long read, but I want us to pay certain attention to certain words. There are three verses where God said something to him, but we're going to pick them. So let's go. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua. Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. Cross the Jordan River. You and all, your, all the people. Cross to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River, all Hittite country, and then west to the great sea. It's all yours. 
all your life. No one will be able to hold you, hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. Mm. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage. You are going to lead these people to inherit the land that I promised. So what did he say there? Strength, I, courage. Okay, pay attention to how many times you find strength and courage. Or in, I mean, in the KJV, it says be courageous. Yeah, be strong and courageous. A good day for KJV. <laughs> no, no we, could, we could use that. Be strong and of good courage. But keep going. Keep reading. No, get go to KJV. Forget not the ancient landmarks. So you, you got into six, I guess. You want six. Mm. Okay. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto these people shall that divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn us from it to the right hand or to the left. Hmm that thou mayest prosper whithsoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, hmm. but thou shalt meditate during day and night, that thou mayest observe to do accordingly, according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have hmm. I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Amazing. Be not afraid, mm. neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, wherever thou goest. Mm. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass to the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals. Mm. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go into to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth to you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to half of the tribe of Manasseh speak Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest hmm. and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle hmm. shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. Hmm. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them unto the Lord have given you your brethren rest, and he has given you, and they, they have also possessed the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side, Jordan, towards sunrising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that that commanded us we will do, and whosoever thou sendest us we will go. According to us, According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so we, we hearken unto thee. Hmm. Only the Lord that God will be, hmm. be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doeth rebel against thy commandments and will not hearken to the words of all that hath commanded him, he shall be put to death. Hmm. <laughs> Only be strong, be strong and, and courageous. Be so how many times did you see be strong and courageous there? Four times. Four times. At least we counted four. Honorable. Okay. But but what you what you must keep in mind, I was I also wanted us to read from Second Kings three um seven. 
Now, this is the story of the lepers, right? Um, I think that's where we have that. Let me see if I can pull that out here. Second Kings, verse 7, yeah. from verse 3. Someone should just sort of like quickly read for us. Yes, anyone. Okay. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gates. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. Hmm. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Hmm. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots hmm. and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come, up, to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight mm. and left their tents and their horses and mm. their asses, mm. even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when, the, and when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment mm. and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. I think we can stop there. Now just imagine the lepers have it. So think for a second, um, nothing told them to go ahead for it. Just imagine, you can't even run if your enemy is coming. So if you're going to play logic, you will say, this is not a step to take. You can't be going to a place when you can't even run. And your, your cities are war. If you're going to play logic, you're going to tell them, okay, these people are our enemies. right? They could do worse things to us. But guess what? They listened to their hearts and made the move. So today I want to title this um, sermon, Heart-Centered Life. And I would give you one of the reasons why I feel a lot of people are unhappy in life. The Greek, the Latin word for courage, you know what the Latin word for courage is? It's called core. And you know what core means? Heart. Yeah. Heart-centered life. Core. But here is where it gets very, very challenging. You think heart-centered life is actually easy until you try to live from your heart. The reason, again, is that we've all been educated to live from our minds. Like, education, culture tells you you're your mind. So you live from your mind. And your mind is not quite your heart. Because the reality of life is that, so that's why people get stressed, pressured, messed up. They're constantly chasing stuff because their mind is programmed to always seek for answers. The heart comes with answers. The mind needs answers, but the heart has the answers. But your mind is a depth that you haven't, your, your heart is a depth that you haven't explored. The, one, of the, one of the metaphor for the heart, when you begin to understand the heart, the heart is a universe. So what God speaks of it, he says that God, you know what he said? That God put eternity in their heart. That God put eternity in their heart. There is an endless abyss of treasures lying within your heart. But the culture has told us, don't look for yourself. Don't look for it inside. Look outside. So first of all, many of us try to chase it anywhere else. We go out there looking for it. You know what it is? Every time you search outside, you, you know, someone said something. I think it was Mark Twain. He said, I left the shores looking for a place only to return to the place I left and realized I, it was always within. 
So here is what it is. We have been programmed to seek outside of us something. So the mind is life, but we seek life in everything else. The heart, sorry, not the mind. So we're going to sort of like crystallize why it is different from the mind. And if you're being led by your mind, you always remain the prisoner of life. Those who arrive at the end of their life led by their mind are never happy. And so if you don't understand how the mind works, the mind is a programming device given to you to serve you. The mind was never given to you to lead you. So when we're talking about servants riding on horses and sons are working, we're speaking of the mind and the heart. The mind is a slave, and now the slaves have become the masters. Your mind is programming you, calling you to do things. So understand that God was speaking to Joshua. Joshua, I'm calling you to a heart-centered living, and it's not necessary that it's absence of the fear in the mind. The mind will always have fear, but the heart has to lead. If you're not led by your heart, you will always have that crisis. So let's paint a different picture. Right now, for instance, let's bring it to Africa. For the past two centuries or three, Africans have always relied on everybody else to bring, look to the West. The West, of course, brought the gospel to us. The West brought education to us. The Brits, they felt, Martin's made a very important point. If we separate civilization from modernity, we will understand that the West did not give us civilization, it gave us modernity. Because civilization is actually very unique and peculiar to a people. There was a way we did life and there was a way we lived. But guess what? We lived that entire century depending on the West to answer our problems. When we got independence, we depended on their aid to solve our problems. Because we never quite understand that we don't need to look outside to find the answers. Now, we're running out of answers from the West. They become quite a challenge. You know where we're looking at the East? Nigerians are now going to, um, to China. China is now structuring all kinds of deals and loans. And our leaders are collecting it. I think in Zambia now, they've been decolonized. There is an economic neocolonialism that is actually tied to the fact that the African brain cannot longer process. He has become a slave to his mind, so he has to depend on the East. And they're giving them, they're eating like Esau's. They're all taking loans that they will never pay in their lifetime. And those guys in Abuja are doing the same thing. Collecting loans and signing clauses. Because on the default of the loan, you forfeit your national assets. Another generation will live in the failures of their fathers. But that's not our direction tonight. That's just an aside. Let's stay here. You look at the East, the West. You get tired of the West. You turn to the East, thinking you'll find answers in the East. But it's neither in the West or in the East. It's within. So we turn our gaze to look at the East from the West, and you're not finding the answers because inside of you lie a universe of answers waiting to be cracked. So let's look at this scripture, Proverbs. Proverbs actually very interesting. Proverbs gives us a picture that I need us to, Proverbs 4 verse 23. I actually like it in the Amplified Version and even in the TPT, but I'll read it for you guys in the Amplified Version. It says, watch over your heart with all diligence. See what he says, for from it flow the springs of life. So there is an interesting word the Bible used here. Nothing, give me a chord, give me a chord. I'll just put something in the background. Right, I like the quotes. Something light. No. You want to do that part? Okay. So, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, says ASB. For this one says, watch over your heart with all diligence. Now, what he's saying is that watch over your heart with all diligence. He didn't say, I want you to possess that stuff. He wasn't even saying that. Um, um, tell your heart what to do. He wasn't telling, saying that instruct your heart on what to do. He's actually saying that pay attention, listen with rapture attention because your heart gives the answers. 
So he's saying, pay attention. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the flow of life. There is a place of life that is force, and there's a place of life that is actually flow. The reality of it is that culture has programmed us to ensure that we always seem to have all the answers, but the reality, the tension between the head and the heart is a battle. So Paul kept talking about it, that there is a tension where your heart and your mind is telling you, this is what you must do. Your heart tells you, this is what you must do. And we're torn in the middle because our head tells us one thing, our heart tells us the other thing. The head and the mind, like I told you, is called into renewal by the Spirit. So if we're not renewing our mind, where mind is always going to lead us. But what is the means of the mind? Let me tell you what the mind is. The mind is not an eternal creation. And the mind is actually not a... So the mind has no, no life after. So what I mean is that the mind became a construct of your existence in time. So what it means is this. When God actually said... When God, when God, when God said, this is what the mind is. When you gave birth... What's his name again? Um, that, no, Daniel is his younger brother. Billionaire, billionaire, how could I forget? Right, those names we can't forget very easily. Right, but billionaire, for instance, was born to the falls, right? And he saw his dad reading. And very easily, just being by in the house where your dad is always buying books and reading, you might be exposed to start reading very early. So some of us, when they read, no, no verse. Understand? Let's just leave it there, let's leave it there. Today is not a day to shake tables. You know, so the mama will tell you, say you don't read. You never see one day whole book except daily manna. <laughs> and daily manna is for help, not a, they are seeking spiritual life. But my point is, you can't just see them. Even if Papa said, when I was coming first, I read my, my schoolmates, they respected me. You understand? When they said, no, of course, we never see certificates, but let's even assume. But have you ever seen, some of you know that your father is not a very, it's not a newspaper and sports sports part but just leave that aside what you understand is he was actually born and in just interacting with his environment the mind is developed so the mind is actually a creation of nurture and the mind is actually a reflection of culture so everything in your mind is what you absorb from the environment around you from your dad your mom your siblings right so if you grew up in a house full of sisters you would like beyonce so if you listen, your brother, if he's not very careful, he will know independent lady. Everybody independent. Like, that's tough. Sorry, single ladies. Right? And it's likely to be the case, right? No, but my point is, do you know, I have a friend who told me that his elder sister influenced his music. So she was in the uh, Sisters with Voices, Pepper and Salt. There was a generation of that. Pepper and Salt. Salt and Pepper. And who? If you are not born, just hold your own. So don't, don't help the minister. But at the, at the end of the day, there were all those names. But you, he was actually influenced by the environment. Now, if you were actually raised in a house where you have brothers, you would like sports. If you were raised in a house where every 8 or 9 o'clock, your brothers are all sitting down watching, you're likely to pick up something. Now, there are every once in a while outliers. People that just didn't follow. You understand? You are an anomaly. But in most cases, people take on something from the environment that they are raised in. So what it means is that at any point in time, your mind becomes a programming of the environment. And guess what? The environment is at best broken, needs redemption from you. 
But the merriment actually has colonized you before you have a chance to redeem it. So that the way to redeem the mind is to step out of the frame. Because if you're in the picture, you can't see this, you can't see the frame. So the mind becomes a frame. So the mind, some people use the word ego. That the mind has an ego where it's thinking, I, self-preservation, all kinds of thinking is happening in the mind. So now let's even pause for that second and go back to Jeremiah 1 verse 5. What did God say about Jeremiah 1 verse 5? He said about Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Before I formed thee in your mother's womb, I knew thee and made you unto a prophet unto the nation. So what was he speaking to? Because he wasn't exactly speaking of the mind. He was speaking of something about Jeremiah that pre-existed before the mind was born. That there is an identity, there is an existence of Jeremiah that God had in mind. You know why God wrote it in his heart? So your heart carries within it the blueprint for your life. So what it means is that it's not always in the mind. The mind is seeking answers. The heart is in a flow. So that's what he says. Check it out. Let's look at it again. Amplified said, watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flows the springs of life. So that your life, your heart actually becomes the substance of life. So you're looking for a job. Your heart is saying, I have the answers. In fact, wise men will tell you, learn to follow the rhythm of your heart. Many of us Christians struggle in life because we've never learned to interpret our heart. Spirituality will never be yours if you don't learn to interpret your heart. Your heart is actually where it says in John 4 verse 24, it says, They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth because the reality of it is that your heart is the center of your spiritual activity, is the center of life. Your mind is just a reflection of culture. One is a slave, one is a son. The heart is the son. But we've told, we've been conditioned never to trust it. So many of us end up following what they call the cultural clock and that's why your life is messed up, stressed. You can't give answers to anything. You're completely unhappy because you're living out of sync. Heart is a flow you will always find in sync. Let me tell you, there are many things in my life that I'm benefiting today. I did not construct. I did not manipulate. I did not even conspire to make it happen. I just allowed the flow to happen. So, can you understand that? For instance, no guys, you guys should come this way. Please, let me come this way. So at the end of the day, if we end up following all that we see around us, at what point do you pause and start to listen to the rhythm of your heart? Because all of spirituality is actually a definition or an invitation for us to jump in to our heart. So guys, those of us that just came in now, I'll do a two-minute recap. Can I? So we're all on the same page. So today we're basically talking about heart-centered living. And the reason is that every answer you need in this life is written in your heart. If only you follow your heart, you will arrive there and you realize God was always with you. But many of us have been programmed out of our hearts into the mind. And the mind is a servant, not a master. So God comes to Joshua 1 verse. Joshua is recruited and God is telling Joshua, I need you to be strong and be of good courage. God was actually telling him, remember the word courage is heart. Let the heart lead. You're, every time you come around and rationality has their limits tell all those friends that do analysis paralysis of why they would tell you this economy is not going to work many of them will wake up and realize they have failed over and over again let me tell you some case studies you see people and the heart is a spiritual organ and I can tell you for a fact it's not necessarily you people think it's a love organ love now your one side it's a spiritual organ it carries your life the very thing that God, God puts deposits of life and essence in your heart. 
everyone who has done something significant in this world today were not people who were just following the programming of culture. There were many of them outliers. If you follow your heart many times, you'll be a rebel first to the culture before anything else. You cannot conform because your heart is not called to conformity. Your heart was written with a code that was unique. There are no duplicates. And your heart carries the essence of your life. So I'm actually asking yourself, when it comes to dating, when it comes to career, when it comes to whatever you do, if you follow just what culture tells you is the next best thing to do has never delivered the answers. We are spirit-led. Our heart is the center of spiritual activity. Being spirit-led is being heart-centered. And if your entire life it's all that is, how and when are you going to take the land? See, heart requires that we trust. You can't work. You know, that's why I love that song, Oceans. Maybe you should keep it in the background. It says that, like, Lord, the Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Where my trust is without borders. Because the reality is that sometimes your heart will call you to do things that your head cannot handle. Many times your heart will call you to love even when your head tells you this is not right. Now, many people follow the contents of culture to make decisions. And if you tell me, have people failed when they follow their hearts? Maybe. But many have failed more when they follow their head. So the reason is, if you say consistent in it, the Bible cannot lie. It says there is a flow of life. So this evening, a friend of mine asked me an interesting question. I kind of put a spin to this meeting though. He said, he asked me a question like, Freddie, when did you decide that we're going to start an animation company? And I told him I didn't really decide. It, wasn't, it didn't happen like that. We were already sitting down and then it was, we were just having a conversation and we wanted to hire a graphics person. I put out an ad that we needed to hire a graphics person. Some people applied and his younger brother went to this um, Benin Republic, one American Northern School, one American University, something around that corner. So he told me that I have this interesting guy in my class that is a fantastic artist. He chatted with me the other day and he said he was very open to kind of job or something and I think that he's not a graphics person but I know you enough to know what you like. I said, he's an artist. I knew I was tempted. I said, I don't know that I want an artist. I'm looking for a designer. He said, well, if you ever change your mind, he'll call you away. I said, okay, let me see the art. He opened his laptop and I saw the art. Do you know what the art did to me? Once I saw the art, the art spoke to me. It was moving. No, honestly, I don't, I can till date, I cannot tell you what it was, but I had a speech, I had an epiphany. So it was as though the guy called something from me. And it was like we connected before there was a connection. So I had not met him, but in his heart I recognized something. And it wasn't my mind doing it, it was pretty much my heart doing it. Let's reduce the distraction. I'm getting a little tripped over. All right. So at the end of the day, I called him to come for the interview. And he showed up and he was telling me that, okay, Freddie, but you know, I'm not a graphics guy. I was like, you will learn. Have you seen where they're hiring you to learn? Even Mr. I don't understand that. But anyway, shall we're hiring him to learn on the job. So at every point in time, I saw him struggle around it. Our first clients were lucky. We drew their faces. They all love this one. See me, see me. Fine. The second one, this, this, the second one we did, I was like, what do you mean this? Please, please, you guys. The third one. After three rejections, six months in, the guy was struggling badly. I just haven't been able to code it because I was also in my heart. And what I saw, the first that I saw him was somebody that should be, let's do film. But I was trying to make him in the way of culture. So corporate Lagos is saying, if I had one of one of the guys was saying, so now graphics is not working on your any salary. How about you wearing suit and following me to marketing? 
Because have you ever asked how the money gets paid? You know, if anyone wants to do church, you should do church. This is a company. We don't mix the two here. But he would say to when I'm not around, he'll be bullying them. Like, you know, that if we are, the church is church. We should not mix it. You know. I was threatening the guy. So Owu started to blow. That period, there was a time we just we just couldn't pay the salaries. You know, um, after all the things. So it was a bad season and we needed to downsize. Downsizing is not something I, I don't like it. I'll be fitting it. But in this particular instance, the unit needed, and his name was on the list. Hey, I said, no, you guys, there's something in this thing. Or there's something I, they were like, intuition. I said, I said, oh, Freddy. well, Freddy, data, please. You know how those people are telling you, you know, give me the data. I need data. I said, no, I said, it's a spiritual data. I can't translate it for you. Well, at the end of the day, I removed his name. Yeah. And I now convinced him. So he told me of this time. I can't remember this particular conversation very clearly, but he told me that it was at the balcony. I was not pitching to him that, you know what, learn animation. I mean, we can do it. Just do. And we paid for a place where he went to learn. He now went to learn. We paid 30K. The man was supposed to teach for one week, um, one month. By second week, the guy was not in his, in his classroom. The teacher disappeared. So I kept sending him stinkers. My balance. You should be ashamed of yourself. This country lost lack trust. If you are not wise enough, you, these are the people messing up our country. You should be... Yeah, I was looking for a change. The guy actually told me that, see, Baba, that guy knows everything they do. I just show him small teeth, just they teach me. <laughs> now I say, oh yeah, till the guy didn't send me back my money. But, well, these days, God will have mercy on them. Whatever the case, this guy actually went to learn. Right? Then he now comes back and says to me, there was no plan. He just told me once, like, okay, Fed, I have something to show you now. I'm like, ah, let me see. He said, no, no, Fred, you get too excited. Let all of us sit together. I said, ah, okay. So all of us sat down. He now played the first skit scene of what he has spent months working on. The one that was always telling him, you should be a marketer at this point in time. That one was the one that went and carried it. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like everything just went boop in front of our eyes. Again, um, yeah, hearts. You know, in that, it was just a heart connection. Do you know, I've run my company for five years. This person I'm telling you is the only person that is with me in five years old. Soldier don't come, soldier don't go. <laughs> this is so weird. Like, he has stayed the longest. And some, some days I used to be a little erratic. So, um, like, I know they do again. I know they do again. Like, there are days like that. And he was just walking and say, Freddie, do you know what you, you remember what you saw? You, you told me that dream or something. I'm like, ah. You know, honestly. So, guess what? Now we have close to 25 people on the department, but literally, there was always a heart. In fact, there was one particular one. It was Choto. We don't finish one Holy Ghost service. Spirit had moved. People cried. You understand? Because the early days of the tribe, the tears were coming. You know, people were healing. But when people are healing like that, fear them. <laughs> people on the deconstruction journey. Eh? <laughs> because the day two revelation would jam on their head. They were like, where pastor day? How did they do it again? All right. So at the end of the day, I met this other one. And I, I just kept talking about ah, this guy. This guy. There's so much art around you. He had all the pierces. He pierced eye. I've not seen people pierce eye, bro. You understand? He had something sitting down here. Like I'm sitting, bro, you pierce your life out? Like, how do you even pierce it? And some people cannot even manage an injection. <laughs> Did you see some mini senators taking COVID? <laughs> and I'm thinking, 
Is it this man we are paying all that money? Get him. If you can't take this injection, you should. Yes, what injection? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was, I, I, till now, I don't understand what was pinching them. Baba don't pinch himself, puts the ring all over the place. It was looking like a, it was looking like a chain of magnets, like just. But do you know what? I just told him that I think you should try something. So he started, he went to learn something like motion graphics. He learned that. And one day he came up and said, you know what, I want to step it up. And he went, he started growing on the job. But I can't tell you that some of them, eh, um, their moments have done my heart, my head. My head with somebody's portfolio. They fully made. They're like, they look like gold. Trust me, many of those decisions hurt. You understand? Because those don't get to stay. Many of them on a hunt because they don't live from their heart. And I can tell you for where we are right now in our own journey, we've seen more growth, yet we've had many challenges. To live from the heart doesn't mean it will be easy. It means that the source will keep you because the heart is the source. God, trust me, your heart is deeper than you know. Many of us have explored books. We never explored anything. We've read everything. We know Shakespeare. We know Elizabeth. What was this other... Um, Mark um, Twain, all those old guys, we read all of those things, but have you read you? The Holy Spirit reads you. You know what it says? A teacher that will guide you in the way that you ought to go so that there is a way designed for your going. So the Holy Spirit's job is to take you through the path that you ought to go. You think you know. You plotted your way out of something. The Holy Spirit in his mercy brings you back into the flow because he's saying that there is a flow of life. So guess what? Today we're really doing amazing stuff, right? Having like, in, you know, we're even talking, this one. And we already started our company in the US and we're trying to do stuff and somebody, they called us and said, you know what? If you guys get this investment, X, 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 we're giving all of you green card. Say, what you say? We're giving all of you, we're giving all of you green card and your spouses. I say, boys, y'all go get wives very soon, bro. No, friends are not in the mix. No. But my, my point is that, do you know, like, it's not, some people don't queue. The day I went to Indian Embassy, I created a scene because they were very disrespectful. Thank you for apologizing on their behalf. But the, you know, Nigerian Sikh, where we had a long line of Sikh people going for medical tourism. And all those Nigerian security people were being very bold. I said, you, you will not, and I'm thinking, come, come, come. Do you know where India are there? And if Nigeria, if we get people get sense for Abuja, we know they do this thing. What is in a hospital that you can't run it? That half your citizens are flying to India for medical tourism. And the Nigerians sitting at the gates are more enslaved. They don't know. I changed them for them that day. We're not called to change it for people. We're going to give them a peace of the mind. But that day, no, that day it was just important that some home truths have to enter their head. Because if you see them, eh, yes, I, I, I remember the time Jesus brought Koboko for some people. It was a Koboko moment that day, guys. But I couldn't find a whip. A whip wasn't in sight. So we've been told again, and I'm telling you that in the flow of life, I have seen that the answers come. Wealth is in the heart. Wealth is there. But people follow money. Money is not wealth. It's a fragment of what wealth can give you, but money is, wealth is larger than what money is. So people follow the paycheck. Oh, people follow the paycheck. Do you know, there are many people today that you can tell, you see this Elon Musk, that people are celebrating today as the richest man for a day. He's been going up and down, him and Jeff. But Elon, at the time he, Elon was just a man. When you read his book, you realize that Elon is somebody that follows his heart. He follows his heart. So at the time he left PayPal 
and then went to start SpaceX and Tesla, Elon blew out everything. In fact, Elon was on his way out. He was staying in his mother's BQ or something. He had moved home. He didn't have a house. A guy that sold his company, he's taking his company for a large amount of money, became one of the young successful CEO, ended up blowing out all the money in Tesla and SpaceX. He was pouring everything. He was pouring everything. Nothing in logic told him to stay, stop. Logic was like, it's time to call it quits. His bankers advised that you should go, you call him for bankruptcy and, and gain some, 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 some breadth of field. Everybody was telling him it's time to quit on this. The Baba said, I'm not, that's not what I'm hearing. No. The intuition of his heart was telling him, keep going because God wrote it there. And he followed it. Everything said, my it's time to, he said, no, 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 I'm hearing something else in this place telling me that don't stop. And guess what? A week after that, when he was on his way out, he got this deal from NASA. Boop. He just transformed everything. It was just a, a dive down away from the deal. And he entered it. Many people would hear the voices from outside. The voices from outside would tell you, come out. The voices of outside would tell you, look around you. You know, some people went to Canada and it wasn't because they wanted to. It was already the voice in the air that Nigeria is no longer safe. They just needed anything to tell them what they're doing. And they're not being true to themselves because at the end of the day, you go to a place where you're not sent by yourself because you're not spirit-led. You get to struggle. The mind is a programming machine. The mind gives you fear. Do it afraid. You might not always eliminate the fear in the mind, but you can always lean on the voice of the Spirit. The whispers of the heart is the answers of the Lord. God whispers intimately in your heart. And if you learn to trust your heart, your spirituality will transform. Can you just silence the voices in your head? It's too much noise up there telling you it's not safe, you're not making it, you're not doing it. Because it is designed to do that. It's a servant on horses, but put the prince on it. It's time to dethrone the servants. Let the prince ride those horses. So the vision, the vision God has, what we're called to do in tribe is a heart-centered life. And in the next season of your life, when we teach things like meditation, we're teaching you what it is because you need to silence your head so that your heart can speak. It's not a time where you are constantly, some people don't understand, it's not how much you pray that changes you, it's how much you listen. Because it's not, the, the, trust me, we spend time in the prayer. Some prayer warriors remain broke because God dropped the idea, they didn't pick it. Their heart was telling them it's time to build something. They were like, no, I need to go more seven days. <laughs> My brother, if you look at the indices, the most prayerful countries are actually the poorest. And that's anomaly is because what they think they do in spirituality is that they tell God their problem. They've not learned in the spirituality to tune in words. You have to learn to fall in words. You know what Jesus was teaching them? He said, when you want to pray, close the door. We did that series here in Matthew. He said, when it's time to pray, shut the door and fall in words. And I was telling you that falling in words is not about enter closet and go stay for If you enter closet and your mind is outside, you're outside. He wasn't talking about entering closet. He was talking about falling in words. He was saying that in your heart, when they, when they teach prayer, you know why they do this? This symbol is actually about the heart. It's the altar. God is, God is dwelling in the, in the secret place of the Most High. You know the secret place of the Most High in the New Testament? Your heart. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide none of the shadow. David was talking about it in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God dwells in there. But we've been seeking the secret place outside of us. And yet, the secret place is right in our dial. It's just a falling words. It's just a concentration. It's just, a, it's just an attention away. And the answers will unfold. And you realize you don't need anything that you don't already have. The answers are there.
shut the noise. The noise is too loud around us. Everywhere on social media, noise. Calling you that your life is not adding up, you're moving too slowly, noise. But right in here are the answers you need. Spirituality is not about you learning to do anything else. It's about you learning to live from your authentic place. The heart has so much to give. Jesus keeps teaching about the heart. Treasures. There's a treasure in earthen vessel. The earth treasure, he was talking about it, is in here. The heart is such a wealthy place. It's the place of abundance. The mind is the place of scarcity. And when we translate the abundance in our heart into our mind, we enter into a consciousness of wealth. So wealth is not first what you get. Wealth is who you are. Your heart tells you you are. Tells you you're a son of God. It tells you who you are, your identity. Your heart unveils for you who you are. Your mind is just a schoolboy. He runs an errand. And you allow the errand boy to tell you what to do. You can't turn left, you can't turn right, you're immobilized. Never be afraid of making mistakes because if you walk it from your heart, the Spirit will correct every part for you. When you are led by your heart, everything that seems like a mistake is part of the plan. Once you are led by your heart, everything that looks like... So in your heart, never be afraid of making, making mistakes. It works its way. You're not just called to be obsessed about what to do. You're called to listen in and get it. The flow of life. Life is a flow. It's not force. You know what flow is? God built flow into the earth. So if you understand the process of rainfall, first there is eva, eva, how they call evaporation. Evaporation goes on, there is condensation. And after condensation, then there is there's rainfall. So it's a cycle of life. Today there's something called photosynthesis. The sun feeds the, the, the system. Plants manufacture their food, they give life to the, um, to the animals and to humans. Then they feed back into the ecosystem, it's the flow. Because life is in the seed, and the seed is in the plants, and the plant is in the seed, and the seed is in the plants, and the plant is in the seed. In every seed is an oak tree. In every oak tree is a million seeds. The heart is actually that. There are so many realities in your heart. Who is God calling you to be? Seeds. So your, your heart must teach. Let your mind listen. Your mind must learn to follow the instructions of your heart. You can blow a lot of money doing what culture tells us to do. But culture cannot deliver this soul. Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew thee and made you a prophet unto the nations. Because God wrote purpose in your heart. If you come from your heart, you are not looking for purpose. You are already living from purpose. Because purpose is not a thing. It's a place that is already within. It's not about an event. It's about everywhere you are. It's about presence. So that you are present in a place, purpose is accomplished. Here, being here, purpose is served. It's not about an event. People are now looking at purpose-driven life, purpose this, purpose has been, your entire life has been reduced to productivity. But productivity, as good as productivity is, the metrics of success in life is not just about how productive you are. It's about how present, how you live from within you. Union life that we talk about is that you are planted in the source that is God. Is that the heart that you are is planted in the heart of God. And all that God is flows from who he is into you. He spoke about the tree planted by the rivers of water. He was talking about you though. 
that you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. If you know who you are, once you start listening to your heart, you'll see the flourishing in and out of seasons. The signals of God are picked up in the heart and rendered into the mind. The noise today is not information that matters. Everybody has access to information. Information is not what it is. It's perspective. Wisdom. Knowledge is of the heart. It's of the mind. But wisdom is of the heart. Wisdom is learning to see as God sees. It's of the heart. It's not about how, what, how many information you gather. It's about the perspective. What you interpret. Do you know the interesting part? Apple did this research. They wanted to come into Nigeria about 20 years ago. They did a research. Honorable. They did a research. And they found that Nigerians were living less than, about 70% of Nigerians are living less than one dollar a day. Something like that. This was some years back. About 70% of Nigerians were living less than one dollar a day. Right? And they said, oh, this market is not for Nigerians. It's not possible. We can't come there. They, don't, they cannot afford it. So they shut it down and moved away. Samsung sent marketers. They all came in and said, um, yes, it's a poor country. But this person that wrote it was a man of the heart. He said, but I sense in my heart that they're very aspirational people and that they will go wherever they can to get it. And they came to test the market. And in less than a year, Africa had taken almost 20% of their, their, their market share. In five years, Samsung was now a leading brand in the market. Somebody saw the same information. One saw it with the head, one saw it with the heart. He said, in my heart, I sense that these are very aspirational people. Because at the end of the day, the mind and the logic are not bad, but they must never lead. Sometimes the data can tell you don't try it. But if your mind, if your heart is saying, it's time, take the jump. Sometimes the data can say go. But if your heart is saying, not this guy, please don't take the jump. He might wrap up the right parameter. He can be Harvard trained, looking all dice and slice. Speaking the right words, no, no hish factor. I should make you proud when you talk to your friends. Well, I like the way he talks. He doesn't have this hish thing going around his tongue. No hish factor. But guess what? Everything in culture says go, but your heart says, mm-mm. Because, yeah, know who to listen. The servant will take you to jail. They always do. Sometimes it's all right. You look at the letter, six figures. In fact, with a, with a vacation, all expense paid trip vacation. <laughs> and you tell your friends, you know, this is, a, this is a job we've been waiting for, guys. Um, I really need to move on to greater things. And you realize what you just picked up was a gold head with clay feet. If you search and you find that there was nothing there, the heart will always see that not all gold will glitter. But the mind will always fall that all that glitters is gold. Wisdom is profitable to direct. How do you learn to just stay in the consciousness of your heart? It's by learning not to listen to every noise around you. With the heart, it's not how much you put in. It's less of what you put in, more about listening. In fact, many of us, you listen to many things. And that's your confusion. Too many voices speaking in your head. One told you salvation is end. I don't want to say salvation is gift. I don't want to say salvation is not salvation. Salvation is part. And so now you say, who am I? Am I saved or not saved? You're looking for salvation. Too many unnecessary voices. While you go on YouTube, 
you think you're listening to many people, some of them are as confused as night and day. You want to put a pause sometimes and listen to the voice within. Elijah waited for him in the fire. In the way, all the things that all the voices said nobody was in the still small voice that the answers came. Tonight, may he whisper in your heart your purpose to you because he's there. You can't miss your purpose. Your purpose cannot miss you because it's written in your heart. Sometimes what you're doing doesn't make sense. You're earning a job that is paying you 60K and you just think it's to take you in and out. It's just enough to get you home. Or sometimes the job, your take-home can't take you home. It happens like that sometimes. I had this job where the letter was so beautiful. The money was calculated. By the time I did the, the numbers, and I was like, the letter and the amount I'm seeing here is not adding up. You know, but I had in my heart I should stay in the job. And I did. And it was such a good time for me. Because that person shaped my understanding of writing. Captain, if I, you have so many, you have your way with words. And he told me, write from your heart. Speak from your heart. Because I used to read a lot of dictionary when I was growing up. Too many dictionary. So I had words. I could deliberately decide to confuse you. It was intentional. I invested time. You know, but guess what? This person told me, no, he told you one word once. Say, don't use purchase when buy can do. Because I was a copy editor or copywriter. Say, don't use purchase when buy can do. Not purchase. Don't use purchase when buy can do. Like, keep it simple, right? So he made me, the, he told me once, he was a man, was a, was a character. He used to, used to dope in the afternoon. You understand? Things were flying around, but the man of God kept himself. Lord kept me. Not even a sniff, not any time. <laughs> Record is clean. Go down the past, you'll be proud. <laughs> but, but, you know, things were going around. But guess what? God actually used him to shape me. The interesting part is this. At the end of the day, with all the things that was going out, he told me that, Freddy, I need to do something. I said, I said scoop. I said, what scoop? He said, he told me I, I should be writing like something like a, a series. And that was my first attempt at storifying it. In fact, I will write it. They will laugh. Everybody in the office will be laughing. They will laugh and they will cry. I don't understand. Even till now, I'm not even sure how. But whatever it was, they were like, oh. In fact, if I'm not saying that, they say, no, no, no. Freddie, you cannot not send. It makes my day. So I, I became this comic relief for a while. You know. So when you walk in the spirit, you will never be outdated because the spirit is always the currency of the new. And if you follow the flow of the spirit, you will always be in the center of spiritual activity. Do you know how Daniel was? I, I, I'm working on a, on a series on something I'm calling the spirit of the times. It's a, it's a study on innovation and evolution. But let me tell you guys how this is. Daniel was in, was in Israel, in Jerusalem, was in Israel. Nebuchadnezzar came one day and conquered them and took all of them as captives. So Daniel ended up in, the, in Chaldean. This was in Babylon. And he became, he was now learning to school. He learned the language of the Chaldeans. He started to practice astrology and all of those things. But yet he was a man of spirit. Now, do you know one particular day he was praying? He had a revelation of something. The prince of Persia had intercepted a prayer. And Daniel, by some reason, knew that God was communicating something. Actually, people thought that it was about the interception of the prayer alone. But God was speaking of an era that was coming. Because not long from then, the prince of Persia invaded Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had died. Darius was in. I think now they took either Darius or his son out. 
and took over. But Daniel had seen pressure in the realm of the spirit. And whatever reason, Daniel was a man of the books. So he knew by the volume of the books that their slavery had ended. He also knew by the volume of the books that Persian language was going to take over in the programming language of the Akkadians. So he had a bit of it. When God wrote on the wall, God wrote in Persia. What's that? Nobody in, in, in Chaldean could read it. The entire Babylonian astrologers could not decode. One man did, Daniel. So when the, the, the Persian king took over, guess what? Daniel had a place in the new kingdom. You have to upskill, but let the spirit take you through that. It's a spiritual thing. The Holy Spirit, once you stay there, your growth will always happen because the spirit is actually an adventurer. You know, there's this scripture that says the spirit beckons, there are places to go and things to do. I think this is Romans 8. Romans 8, um, huh? 30, yeah, Romans 8, is that 20? That part that it says the spirit beckons, there are places to do, there are things to do. The spirit of God in your life is likely to transform you into an adventurer than someone that dwells in a comfort zone. So if you're still sitting in your comfort zone, you don't understand. This spirit is actually an adventurer, he's an explorer, right? So your life is meant to be an, an exciting adventure. There are no bored days. How can God is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscience? He's not omniboring. If he's omniboring, there will be no excitement. God in you is also discovering things. He enjoys the participation of exploring the world with you. When you come into this dimension, you understand that sometimes people get paralyzed saying, eh, please Lord, lead me. And God is saying, they're waiting for a word because they failed to listen to their heart. God didn't leave us without a word. So if you go back to Joshua 1, you know what God told Joshua? I will be with you. I will always be with you. I will always be with you. The commitment to, the, to his presence became the, pan, the answer to Joshua's lack of courage. Because God was telling him, learn to listen to your heart and in your heart you find the answers. The mind is good but is inadequate to carry you into purpose. The heart is the life where God has dwelt. Tonight, I just want us to meditate and pray and just like God, I, I want to learn to interpret my heart. I want you to teach me to whisper, to hear you, to lean in, to hear you, 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 every whisper of my heart. I've been rattled by fear because I'm always listening to what people say, what people think. My mind is just caught up in everything outside of me. But I want to lean in to hear you, 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 to whisper, you whisper, whisper to my heart, whisper, whisper to my heart. So I want you to open up the pathways of my heart to so hear. Speaks of the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. It speaks of it like the heart can see, the heart can hear. May your eyes see the beauty of God that is in you. May your ears hear the tone of his melody awakening you to the beauty of who you are. May his arms be felt in your heart saying you are his wrapping around you.
Abba, tonight we are just asking that as we return to home, we return home to you, return home to you that dwell within us. The best songs you need to write, they're not outside of you. They are written already in your heart. They're just waiting to come out. They're just waiting to come out. Just give them the permission to flow. The best movie ideas, the the best real estate company, the enterprise, they are ready here. Give them permission to flow. You lock the door and you'll be looking for the key around you, but the key is just that you allow it to flow. Abba, fill every space. Flood our hearts with your light. Flood our hearts with your light. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds. May we see you. My heart's taking me over, taking me over. And all I want is to be with you forever, with you forever. You've pulled us a little closer Take us a little deeper We have known your heart We have known your heart Your love is so much sweeter Than anything we've tasted We have known your heart we have known your heart Pull us a little closer You've taken us deeper We have known your heart We have known your heart Your love is so much sweeter Than anything we've tasted I have known your heart We have known your heart oh, oh, oh. Your love, your love How great your love for us oh, oh, oh. How great your love your love, 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 your Thank you, Abba, that you've made your home in our hearts. 
And tonight we come home to you. No more absent where you are present. But we are now fully present to your presence that is within us. Teach us, Lord, to abide in this understanding. Not to be rattled, to rest in the rest that you have rested in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless. Thank you.